Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. John chapter 4 and verse 4. I want to call your attention there, and I won't be long today. Jesus left, verse 3, Jesus left Judea, headed toward Galilee. The Jews would say no to the GPS. You know why? Because they hated Samaritans. Hated them. Would go three days out of the way to get from Judea to Galilee. Three days out of the way they'd go to keep from passing through Samaria. Wow. That's hatred. That means you don't like somebody. When you go three days around the bend to keep from going through Samaria, that means you hate Samaritans. Why did they hate them so bad? They were half-breeds. They weren't really Jews, they said. They hated them. Wouldn't go through there. Do anything to keep from going through Samaria. Misfits. Left out. Downtrodden. Didn't want to touch them. So they said no to their GPS and went three days journey out of the way to keep from going through Samaria. But look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, And Jesus of necessity must needs go through Samaria. Jesus turned on his GPS. Now, I'm not stupid. I know they didn't have a GPS, but follow me here. I'm trying to make a point. And his GPS says the best route from Judea to Galilee is right through Samaria. And while the rest of the Jews said no to their GPS, Jesus said yes to his GPS. He said, I'll go that way. I'll go through Samaria. The Bible says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Why did he need to go through Samaria? Even though it was the best way, I've always preached this backwards, by the way. I've always said Jesus went out of his way to go to Samaria. No, he went directly the right way to go to Samaria, according to the GPS. I have always said he went out of his way, and I've always preached God will change his itinerary to come and meet your need, whatever your need is. He'll change his travel plans to come where you are. The fact is, he said yes to his GPS. It was all the rest of them that were saying no. It was public opinion that said no to the GPS. But on this day, the Bible says out of necessity, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why? Because one of his children was down there and needed his help. He met her. We'll read it in a minute. He met her about noontime at a well. She was down there and needed his help. Now listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I serve a God today who will shun the tide of public opinion that has drifted against me. First of all, has anybody here ever had the tide of public opinion turn against them? 
Anybody ever talked about you? Anybody ever tried to stab you in the back? Anybody ever said the wrong thing about you? Anybody ever tried to turn others against you? I'm glad when that happens, Jesus will still come see about me. I'm glad when I'm all by myself in the corner and nobody will come and check on me. The Bible teaches us here, Jesus will say yes to his GPS and make his way to see about me when nobody else will. You say, come on, Jeff, you're a preacher man. How could you ever have those kind of days? Listen, let me just be honest and share with you this. I've had them say it about me as recently as three or four years ago. He's not a pastor. He's 10% preacher, 90% singer. I've had them say that about me. And you know what happened when they said he's 10% singer, 90% preacher? You know what happened? They turned the tide of public opinion against me, and people believed them, and it got around all over the church that I was out singing more than I was preaching, even though it was documented. That was absolutely untrue. And I found myself and my family standing all all alone against those kinds of accusations. And do you know when we were there all alone, do you know who came to see about us in spite of public opinion? Jesus came to see about us in spite of public opinion. And today we're in Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman because Jesus came to see about us. Jesus came to see about me when the tide of public opinion turned against me. And he'll come see about you today. So whoever's talking about you, don't worry about it. You got a Savior who'll still come see about you. I got to hurry now. I done got messed up in my preaching twice. He needs go through Samaria. He went against the tide of public opinion and said, there's a Samaritan woman down there. I got to go see about her. Well, he came to a well, came to a city named Sychar down there in Samaria. And now Jacob's well was there and he sat down because he was tired. And there came to him a woman of Samaria. She didn't come to him. She came to draw water. What's she doing drawing water at noon? That's the only time she can come where she won't be made fun of by the tide of public opinion. She would come to draw water at noon because nobody else would go up there when it was that hot in the daytime. She could go by herself and didn't have to listen to the whispers. There she goes. She's a half-breed. She's a misfit. She's not a real Jew. She's an outcast. She's a loner. We don't have anything to do with her. If she went with everybody else, that's what she'd have to hear. So she went at noon in the heat of the day so she didn't have to listen to any of that stuff. And when she got there, Jesus was sitting by the well. So she said to Jesus, because Jesus asked her, would you give me some of that water? I'm tired. So she said to Jesus, how is it that you being a Jew, who'll go three days out of his way to keep him coming through here, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The Jews say no to their GPS and go the long way to stay out of here. Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. And that's where I got stuck looking at the Smoky Mountains. This woman said to Jesus, Sir, 
you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. She said that to Jesus, but folks, listen to me. That's the problem of every person on the face of this earth. We have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. How deep is the well? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. That's how deep the well is, and we don't have anything to draw with. And we say in our own stupid, finite way of thinking, well, when I get to that well that's so deep, I'll just draw on my good works, and I'll use that to get my water. But folks, listen to me. This well is so deep, your good works won't work. You can wave your baptism certificate and you can't reach the water. You can wave your perfect attendance pin and if you drop it, you'll never hear it hit the bottom. That's how deep the well is. You have nothing to draw with and the water's deep. The well is deep. That's our problem today. The whole world, that's our problem. We have nothing with which to draw and the well is deep. How deep is it? The wages of sin is death. You can't reach the bottom. And if you could, you don't have anything to draw with. Nothing do you have to draw with. But listen, it's not just about your eternal destiny that you're standing in a well that's so deep and you have nothing to draw with. Some of you are here today and you're facing some valleys I mean some dark valleys. Some of you, I'm just going to tell it like it is, some of you are addicted to stuff you can't get loose from. Oh, it got real quiet in here when I said that. Some of you wished I hadn't have said that. Some of you are here today and you're addicted to stuff you can't get loose from. You know what? You don't have anything to draw with. And that well, is deep. Some of you in this room today, I would never expose you for all the money in the world, but some of you in this room know what it's like to try to have to battle against the demon of alcohol, whether it comes in the form of beer or wine or scotch or some kind of whiskey. You have stood and tried to defeat the demon of alcohol. You fought that battle, and what you found out is you didn't have anything to draw with. And the well was deep. Pornography for some of you is an addiction that you've battled since you were but a child. It has come against you your entire life. And you cannot break the hold that pornography has on your life. It's a secret addiction. Nobody knows about it. But you have discovered, haven't you, that you don't have anything to draw from with. And the well is deep. Look at me. You don't have anything to draw with, the woman said, and the well is deep. God provided through Jesus 
a bucket of grace that was as deep as the well and as wide as the water. And if you'll just go back in your life just a little bit, somebody tried to teach it to you. Now, religion got you all bum-fuzzled. Religion got you to where you're saying, I have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. And religion has made you just back up and quit. Religion has made you just lay down and give up. But can I remind you, please, they tried to teach you when you were just a kid. Is everybody watching? Do you remember this? Deep and wide. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Oh, stand up, let's sing that. Deep and wide. I'm not finished, but let's sing. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Here's the motions. Deep and wide. You still know them. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. You have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. I wish I could share with you some of the stories in this room today. I wish I could tell you people that have come to me and said, Preacher, I'm so bound I can't even move. I'm at the end. I cannot go any further. I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. And we introduced them to the simple truth of the fact that God has provided for you a bucket of grace. And that bucket is deep and wide. Deep and wide there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. It's deep and wide. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. If you're alone today, if you're off in the corner today, if you're an outcast, if you've been labeled a misfit, if they said about you, let them go. They're not worth the trouble. I've had them say that about me. I grew up in a place where they said about me, just turn him loose. Let him go, he's not worth the trouble. 
I just read on Facebook yesterday in my memory section. It's a dear lady that's now in her 90s who said, we had a pastor one time who said of a certain young man and she was talking about me. He's incorrigible. He can't be helped. And she said, Jeff, I just want you to know. I looked at that pastor and I said, it's not true. It's not true. And she said, I want you to know how proud I am of the man that you've become. Because I knew I had nothing to draw with and the well was deep. But God had a bucket of grace that ran deep and wide. I don't know, this altar's open today. We haven't even had an invitation yet, but I feel somebody needs to come on now and thank God for somebody in your life who said it's not true. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. There's a Savior that said yes to the GPS. And he came by and touched you. I feel strong. Somebody needs to come and say thank you for that. I want to say thank you for that today. I want to say thank you for that lady who believed in me, believed in what God could do through me and in me and with me. Thank you, Miss Francis. The world said, leave him alone. He's a misfit and outcast. He's incorrigible. But God had a bucket of grace with my name on it. And oh, dear God, I got a hold of that bucket. I put it down in that well. And I found out the bucket was deeper than the well and wider than my incorrigibility. Miss Francis, I know you're going to go to heaven soon, and I want you to walk to the throne of God, and I want you to tell him you were right, and the old preacher was wrong. He already knows it, but I want God to hear you say Oh, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. You can't reach the bottom. Your baptism won't do it. Your perfect attendance won't do it. Oh, my God. But God's got a bucket of grace with your name on it. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners... 
Christ died for the ungodly and provided for us a bucket of grace that would save the weakest among us. And he invites you today to drop the bucket of grace down into the well that's deep. <laughs> See if after a while you don't reach some water, some living water that Jesus said, oh my God, that Jesus said would spring up within us a well of living water. If you've never been saved today, if you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place today. If you are facing today an insurmountable situation, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a family circumstance, I don't know what it is today. Maybe it's a pain that just won't go away. I wish you'd come get in this atmosphere today. It's, it's all around this place. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, but let me tell you something. The glory is deeper. The glory is deeper. Just come find you a place and kneel down somebody will pray with you a hand will be in your back as soon as you kneel down somebody will pray with you who needs to come today i'm sorry i'm not an emotional preacher but boy when i thought about that well how deep it is and i have nothing to draw from And a preacher labeled me an outcast. A preacher labeled me an incorrigible. A preacher said, let him go, give up. And a little old lady now said, it's not true. It's not true. And every time somebody now wants to label me that way, every time, I say, devil, you see me? I've been preaching the gospel now since I was 18 years old. I've been writing Christian music my whole life. Devil, there's a generation right behind me in my own house that's writing better gospel songs than I've written. Oh, my God. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. But a bucket was provided for you. And a bucket was provided for me. The bucket of grace. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steeles minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.